0: You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast, the podcast for modern leaders who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. I'm a master teacher and coach, and I'm obsessed with helping you avoid burnout, create a sustainable lifestyle, and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. You'll hear inspiring stories of possibility from my guests, and you'll get empowering strategies from me to support you in creating and living your own stellar life. Hello, there, stellar friends. Welcome back to the show. I've got a very special guest in the studio with me today. We'll be talking with Vari Petrovich founder and CEO of Outsmarts Marketing. She's an early adopter of digital marketing And Vancouver. She's a maverick in her industry and she is continually updating her skills and growing as a professional and as a business owner and has incredible impact in her community. In this episode, we talk about everything from her trailblazing and taking chances that led her down the path that she's on right now, the importance of systems and processes, the importance of building a team that supports you and the business that you wanna run and the lifestyle that you want, how to be an effective leader, defining success on your own terms the non-negotiables of self-care and there are loads of golden nuggets for tips about how to be profitable in your business throughout our conversation so i'm really excited for you to meet her let's jump in today's guest is someone who i met when i first got into business and was out and about in the networking world and when I saw her at a networking event and we had a roundtable and she spoke and I said, I want to know her. She's fascinating. She is cutting edge. And when I got to know her, my instincts were right. She's a remarkable woman. And I'm so excited to invite Vari Petrovich onto our show today because she's a maverick in her industry. She's an early adopter in all things tech, which is pretty remarkable for a number of reasons. Her age, same as mine, and also her gender. We don't see a lot of women of our stage on the path of life, who were early adopters in the tech world, just circumstances or whatever. So I'm super excited to have you learn from her today about her journey in starting a business and creating a life that she loves, a stellar life that inspires her and makes an impact on her clients and also those people that she loves. And so on that, I want to welcome you, Vari. I'm so excited to have you here and have this conversation with you.
1: Thanks, Deborah. I'm really excited to be here today as well. And yeah, we've known each other for a long time and we have this mutual admiration going. So let's dig in because I'm really interested to see what you're going to ask me today. Well, let's start with, I know a little bit about your story but I love for the listeners
0: to hear about it because sometimes when we see other people and they're down the road on their success and they've got, you know, their business is successful, it's profitable and we look at those people and we think, well, they're so lucky. And they don't see the hard work that went into it and the dream that it started from. So, you know, I just love talking about possibilities. And when I speak to an entrepreneur like yourself, who saw a possibility and seized it. And so I'd love for you to tell us a story about how you got this idea to start your business, Outsmarts Marketing, and what that
1: journey has been like for you. Absolutely. You know, it's a great question. When I look back and put myself back in the shoes of someone who was graduating. I I studied commerce um, at university in Scotland and I graduated quite a long time ago now as a Luddite. I really didn't want to have anything to do with computers. So that's in and of itself an interesting time. But I look back and I think when I graduated, like the unemployment rate in Scotland was about 20% Mm -hmm. at the time. And I just had to kind of figure things out and work things out step by step. And I'm looking back at some of the th- the early jobs I had that really helped to cement and build a foundation for mm. where I am today. You know, my first job was working in customer service for Coca-Cola and Schweppes. I believe everybody who is an entrepreneur should give time and give thought. And, you know, if they have mm. the opportunity to work in a customer service role, it's a beautiful thing because that fir- firm's a really great foundation and helps you to understand how to support customers effectively. Mm. My next job, it was really punishing. Um, I worked in telemarketing. So that was my first sales role I sold at Canon Photocopiers. And again, that really taught me the resilience that now I apply to every day in my business. So I'm really fortunate. I had this company that I worked for in the UK where I met the love of my life. And that was what brought me to Canada. So I've been in Canada now for 28 years. And around the time that my daughter was born, I started getting this feeling of, you know, I really don't want to be working for someone else. I really want to have the flexibility to be my own boss. And what actually, there's a story behind this. My boss at the time wanted me to be in Toronto, our head office, for a sales meeting right around my daughter's first birthday. And I said, no, I can't. It's my daughter's first birthday. And he's like, yes, you will. And I quit wow. and that was why I ended up setting up uh my my company, OutSmarts Marketing. <sighs> Took me a wee while to figure out what it would be, but yeah, in two thousand and two OutSmarts was born. And yeah, uh, one of the best things I've ever
0: done, quite oh, honestly. amazing. I don't think I knew that about you quitting on the spot. And, you know, it takes courage. And sometimes yeah. we're given this opportunity to be at a crossroads and we have a choice to choose our own path or bend to somebody else's will. And it's so inspiring when someone like yourself chooses their own path because we rely on other people's successes to give hope to our own dreams. And that's one of the things that I've loved about your story and about how you show up in the world is that you are such an inspiration to so many. And from Coca-Cola to telemarketing, I agree with you and listeners for sure, you want to be thinking about growing your service and growing your leadership skills. You know, I talk about that a lot on this show, is the importance of showing up in that space cuz we can get really turning inward as entrepreneurs and just be thinking about what I have to do next and and where success really comes from is when we look at how we can be of service to those people that we want to impact with our businesses. What I want listeners to to hear in what Vari shared about her journey to getting into digital marketing and all things tech was that it wasn't a straight path that she didn't even know it was a possibility for her, which is not surprising because even today we've got issues with women in tech being very poorly represented. So even more so back when you started in 2002, and yet you listened to some calling in your heart. And you know, my favorite thing to talk about and to help people with is to find their zone of genius, to get into that, that space where you're doing work that you love, that it it thrills you. It energizes you. You could do it all day long. You would do it even if you didn't get paid for it. And I know that you have created a business and a life where you just want to have fun with what you're doing. And that's because you understand what the benefits are to you of living in your zone of genius. Can you tell us what your zone of genius is and how you discovered it? How did you know that this was the thing that lit you up and you want to do it all the time?
1: Absolutely. I feel like I want to touch Mm -hmm. on something. I said before, I'm going to answer that in a second, but I wanted to touch on something because the reason I got into tech was because I saw an ad in the paper for the paper. This is dating Mm -hmm. myself right there. An ad in the paper. This was before the internet. Um, And the ad in the paper was looking for a software salesperson. And I thought, oh, they're Canadian based. I get to go to London. I'm going to apply for that. I knew nothing. And I got the job. And the reason I got the job was the general manager of the firm told me later was because I looked better. I was better looking than the other person <laughs> who applied, even though they knew more. Mm. I should never have got that job. This is me too. I mean, it, I cringe to know that my foundation was mm. built on something like that. But it's, you know, we, we talk about chance happening and crossroads. I shouldn't have got that job. And yet I did. And that was what started me on the technology mm-hmm. path.
0: You weren't qualified for it and you applied anyways. Yes. And maybe you wouldn't have got, maybe you didn't get the job, but you did get the job. And yep. yeah, I hear you and it's like you shouldn't have got the job. It's about your looks and you, you don't, you cringe about that. But at the same time, the part to celebrate is that you applied anyways. Yeah,
1: that's right. And I mean, that should inspire other people. Um, because often especially as women will we say, Oh, we don't know enough, we've got imposter yeah. syndrome, oh you know, I can't apply for that. I just did it on a whim thinking, Oh well, there's nothing to lose and that set me off in a path, a life path that just changed my world, mm. changed everything for me.
0: Yeah, me too. So good.
1: Okay, yes, talk about the zone of genius. I've given this a lot of thought all week and you know, I feel like Looking back at that Luddite me, graduating university, I think I embody the Luddite and I relate to the Luddite. And one of the things that are an aspect of my zone of genius is that I'm able to, for people who are Luddites, for people who are maybe scared of technology or unfamiliar with technology, I've got this really great knack of being able Mm. to explain it to them in ways that they understand. So when we talk about zone, zone, zone of genius, and again, I've given this a lot of thought this week because I knew you were going to ask me this question. It's not just mm-hmm. one thing. Like, is your zone of genius something that you love doing? Yeah, there's lots mm-hmm. of things about my job that I love doing. I love speaking on things like this. I love laying out the design for a website. I love SEO. Um, but those aren't really those are things that I do and I love doing. But they're not really mm-hmm. my zone of genius. Where I think my zone of genius lies, and a that ability to uh, make technology easy for people be the ability that i have to serve you know i'm here to serve i'm here to support small businesses and to help them to take advantage of mm-hmm. these technologies to help them grow so my ability to do that and then the other component i really feel it comes into the, the whole zone genius idea is my sales ability and sales is a well, people don't like to be sold to it, kind of make some cringe and it, mm, i don't sell i don't i one of my company rules is I, we don't cold call. We don't send spammy emails. We don't sell. I build relationships mm-hmm. with everybody. I build relationships with people like you. I build relationships with my client. I have really strong relationship with the predominantly women members of my team as well. So it's like a Venn diagram mm-hmm. of all of these, you know, three or four, five things that I've mentioned. And right in the middle is because all of these things are combined That's my zone of genius. I don't like the term zone of genius. And I've just actually, I'm going to read the book. I know that you love the book and I've just got it on order from Amazon. I feel like I'm not a genius (sighs) yet. I've still got things Mm -hmm. to learn. I'm still on a path. It's like, you know, they say that you have to do 10,000 hours. I'm way past the 10,000 hours. Mm -hmm. And I still feel, not a novice by any means, I still feel like I'm learning Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, you know, zone of genius doesn't sit that
0: comfortably with me. I'm so glad you brought that up, Vari, because that's the case for many people. And the zone of genius isn't about being a genius. It's not Einstein perfection, you know, all these people who are like super, super ultra smart. This is about That special gift that you have. And somebody else might have it. And what I heard from you, and you're right, there's multiple facets of it, is that ability to be the bridge between technology and people who don't get technology, right? That would be, I'd say, a zone of genius for you. When you're doing that, when you're teaching, I've I've had the privilege of experiencing you in your workshops and teaching. And when you're making those connections for people and making it easy and taking the stress out of it, that's your genius. And it's beautiful.
1: It's my <sighs> pleasure when that happens. You can see it. You know, you'll be in front of a, a group of people. It's not so great when you're doing it on Zoom, but when you're doing it in person, you can see. And sometimes there'll be people, in the, they're, you know, they're resisting, they're frowning, they're, and it's because they don't understand or they feel threatened by it. And by the end of the session, they've opened up, Mm. they're participating. That's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. for me.
0: So good. And before we go into the next question, I actually want to make a profit tip alert. Vari was talking about how sales is kind of uncomfortable. And I know that's the case for a lot of entrepreneurs, that this idea of sales is kind of icky and uncomfortable. I'm on a mission to revise that kind of attitude and encourage people to look at it differently. Sales is influence. And when you can influence someone to make a decision in their best interest in a way that's going to support them and help them and help them in in our cases to move their businesses forward to, you know, have more possibility in their lives and their businesses, more profit, then that's a good thing. And the key to... Profitability for Vari's business has been to build relationships before people come into her funnel, but also when they're in the funnel, and no code calling is necessary. That is the Luddite way of doing business, right? You don't have to do all this like online marketing, even though she's a digital marketer and that's what she does. And so there's that beautiful balance between the digital, the tech. And the human is what I really love about VARI and Outsmart's marketing and what they stand for. So, profit tip alert. A lot of my clients and listeners are hyperachievers and perfectionists who, like me, are sometimes challenged with relaxing enough to have fun and to enjoy themselves. And I know that you've been very intentional about guarding your time and carving out space for your wellness. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yes. You know, I... I think it's really important you have to have work life balance, and when I founded my company, the reason was because I wanted to be to be flexible, to have my time to be around my kids. Um, My kids are grown up now, but when they were small, I did a lot of work between eight o'clock and midnight because that's when they were sleeping. But I had the flexibility to do that. And I love the fact that I'm an entrepreneur, that I can, you know, choose when I want to work and when I want to have space for myself. The whole idea of work-life balance is something that I have to revisit constantly. Mm -hmm. Even although I block out time, like I've got times blocked out in my calendar where I, you know, for example, I don't start work until ten in the morning because I have to go through my processes that are things that are my special time. I do high intensity workouts, I do breathing exercises, gets me in the in the zone, if you will. I also recognise that weekends are really important and it's important to lock out time for yourself. But it's also really important to set boundaries with the people that you're working with, because oftentimes, you know, you're, you're working with a client, they're calling you in the evening, they're calling you on the weekends, and it's easy to get sucked into giving your time away. So it's important to say, no, you know, I don't work at weekends, I don't work in evenings, you know, I'm willing to be flexible and you know, have a meeting with you earlier in the morning, or it's important to block out that time and make sure that you have that time for yourself and that people understand that this is my time. Um, And I've actually had issues with that with clients in the past where, you know, they would constantly be phoning me on the weekends. And finally, I would say, you do realize that it's double time (laughs) on the weekends. And that usually works once you realize that I'm going to charge them twice as much. It helps them to understand that, you know, I'm not available at those times. It's also something that, as I said, I'm constantly revisiting because my nature is to be of service Mm -hmm. to people. You know, I find I want to say yes to everybody. Every, I get all of these really exciting projects and opportunities that come to me and I want to say yes to everything. And sometimes I say yes Mm -hmm. to too much and end up having too much work on the go. This was something that I really learned the hard way last year. We were working on um, four different big website development, design and development projects all at once. And, you know, they were supposed to be sort of staggered and it ended up that they were all happening at the same time. I threw out my boundaries. I was working, you know, from seven in the morning till 10 at night. I was working at weekends just to try and get the work done. And something horrible happened to me. I actually ended up in the hospital. I ended up making myself Mm -hmm. so sick that yeah my health Mm -hmm. suffered so this year for me has been all about remembering to honor me to honor my time and to say no but the other thing that I've really learned this year is I've got a fantastic team they're all young people well younger than me which wouldn't be hard in my industry but they're all young enthusiastic they're really capable um Mm -hmm. delegation has been the hardest lesson to learn in my business. And that's something that I've been forced to learn as a result of the situation Ah. I've been in. Delegating really helps you to be able to Mm -hmm. manage your time more effectively. Let's
0: talk about that in a moment, but I want to go back and just highlight for our listeners a couple of things that you said that I want to make sure that they don't miss. One of them is that I started this line of conversation by saying I've really admired that Vari has clear boundaries. And even somebody who's got really clear boundaries has to reevaluate as the business changes Mm -hmm. because you can find yourself slipping into pleasing your clients and saying yes when you should be saying no. And I love what you said, Far. and this is, again, another profit tip, is double your rates in those times when you don't want to be available to set some really clear agreements with your clients about when you're available, when you're not. And some people will push back and like, great, this is what it costs you sure, I'll do that. And here's what the the fee is, right? And being bold enough to say that. And it's a reminder to all of us that we need to reset all the time in our business and look, where is things getting slippery and leaky?
1: You have to really be open to that. You have to be also be careful with raising your prices because sometimes that Mm -hmm. bites you in the bum and you double your price and they're like, yeah, absolutely. And you end up with the client and your contingency plan hasn't actually worked. Mm -hmm. But yes, I am constantly reminded of that. It's like a roller coaster and you always have to not just have your eye on the business and the profitability of your business. You really have to have your eye on Mm -hmm. your wellness, your health. And am I serving? It's easy for me to say, oh, am I serving Mm -hmm. my clients? But I also have to remember, am I serving myself? Am I serving Mm -hmm. my health? Am I serving my family? And that's the
0: possibility. Yeah, that's the possibility part. Mm -hmm. Of what's possible because in hustle culture, we're like, we got to work hard, we got to work hard. And people are sometimes afraid to level up in their business because they think, I'm going to have to work harder. And so, it's finding that that flow for you, what works for you. You've grown a team. There's been times when you had people working for you, then you've pulled back to just you, then you've grown your team again to support you in different times in your, your life journey. And we'll talk about building a team and, and working with them in a second. But the key is to remember that it's not just about the profits. I like that you reminded us of that. It's also about what's possible because it's more than just hustling for more profits. It really is possible to create that life you want. And sometimes you fall off the path. And like Vari has just recently experienced, I thank you so much for sharing that with us because it's valuable for all of us to be reminded that from time to time, no matter where we are on the path of life or business, that can happen for us. And so as I mentioned before, you have created a team, then you dial it back and went solo. And then you built a team, an even bigger team now in recent years. And I would love for you to share with my listeners that journey of building a team and when you know you're ready and the steps you think and the lessons you learned along the way. Because a lot of the people that I work with in, in my coaching practice are growing teams. They're at that place where they're wanting to level up. And I think that will be really valuable to hear life lessons from the trenches, so to speak, of uh, your experience.
1: Yes I'm glad you're asking because it's it's actually quite a painful thing hiring people and finding the right people and knowing what to do and what not to do and I haven't by any means got it figured out yet myself but what I've learned over the years is that as a small agency I can't have you know a full-time designer and a full-time developer and a full-time social media person because we're not that big and to do that would cost too much so what I've learned is that and thankfully we have this culture now where there are so many people working for themselves. There are mm-hmm. some brilliant people out there. And the team that I have built are mainly consultants and people that I've partnered with who do a fantastic job. I don't have to pay them a full time salary and I pay them on a per project basis and they do mm-hmm. fantastic work. If I had to employ these people, you know, because we're a small business, I wouldn't be able to have the money to to pay them full-time what they deserve so this has been a really fantastic way for me to to build mm-hmm. a business now I do have full-time employees now but even with them what I've learned is that and this is learning through something that happened I got a grant a year or so ago to hire someone and it's really difficult to hire people right now. It's difficult mm. to find good people. So I took an absolute chance on someone who was fresh out of university, actually fresh out of BCIT a digital marketing course, and took a real chance on her because she didn't have the experience. She hadn't worked in an agency. She she was starting from scratch, basically. Mm, kind
0: of like you.
1: A wee bit, aye, a wee bit like that. One of the best things that I ever did because. I have been able to mentor her and coach her mm. in the way that I do things and I, the way I want things to be done for the clients because, you know, for everything that we do, whether it be a website or an SEO project or social media, we have processes in place. I have been able to mold her around the processes and the standards that I have rather mm. than hiring someone who has their own standards who maybe aren't as good as mine because I'm, really, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really keen on quality and work has to be done really really well and that has actually worked out really really well well for Mm. me you know i'm constantly learning the same person who i hired as an employee is now considering going out on her own as a consultant so i'm actually supporting her in that as well Mm. so yeah that would be my my learning i by no means have it all figured out and i'm constantly learning more and this is one area that i feel i've still got a lot to learn about as well
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's some clear takeaways from what you shared. The first that I can think of is the, the fact that we live in an economy and a culture where there are a lot of people who are working for themselves and they are willing to take contract work. So that's really cool. If you're thinking about starting a business, maybe that's a model for you is that you could have clients and work for several different people, If you, especially if you're someone who likes options and variety. And if you're a, a business owner wanting to grow a team, it doesn't have to mean full-time employees. It can also mean that you build a team of individuals who are contractors. A former guest of mine, Flora Gordon, who I think you know, she has the same business model. And that's a really effective way of of running your business, leveraging the strengths of other people as you grow to put yourself in a position to hire someone full time. And sometimes that's what happens. You train people and it's time for them to move on and they grow. And that's wonderful. I love that you're celebrating that. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to draw people's attention to what you said, Vari, that's so key because you know, I get super excited when we talk about systems and processes, because anything that you do more than once or twice in your business needs to have a system around it. And I think the, the pitfall that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is that they think, I need systems, I'm going to hire someone to make them for me. And that never goes well. What goes well is when you take ownership of your systems and then you teach them to someone else. Then your business is running how you want it to run. It's the hard work. It's like going to the gym. You don't get to go there, pick up a five pound weight and have like massive muscles. You've got to do the work and you've got to do the same in your business. So that's a great reminder of what it is to build a team and how to bring them on. So your systems have to be in place first. You can't rely on somebody else to do that for you because it will not be your business anymore. Super cool. That's right. Now, another thing about teams that I, I love what you've been so intentional about is the culture you're creating. So I have conversations a lot with my clients about what kind of leader you want to be? What kind of culture do you want to create? So before you even think about growing a team is to have your systems in place, but also answer that question of who you want to be as a leader and what you want your culture to be on your team, whether it's full-time employee team or contractors. They're still You're still responsible as the leader of that team for the culture. So tell us about that, Varya. I, I love the culture that you've created. And can you tell us about Yeah. What was important to you and how you've implemented that?
1: I'm really glad you've asked me this because I can answer it in just a couple of sentences. What I want to be is the person that, you know, when when the people who have worked with me are old and they're looking back on their work life, I want them to say, I had this really fantastic boss once who supported me. I learned so much from them. That's who I want to be. That's the leader that I want to be. Not because I'm a, you know, touchy feely, although I am, and not because I'm a pleaser, uh, although I am. It's just because I think you lead the best by setting an example, by supporting the people, by nurturing them. A lot of leaders that I've worked with in the past, you know, maybe you'll make a mistake, and they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done this, and you shouldn't have done that." When my team make a mistake, the, re- the reason they've made a mistake is because I haven't explained something to them properly. A leader takes ownership. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But the other thing that I wanted to touch on around leadership is I was at a conference on the weekend and the question came up around, you know, what does it take to be a leader? And it was a panel of people and they were all touching on, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. And to me... We're all leaders. We all have the opportunity to lead other people, to create a, uh, you know, have a good influence, to nurture, to support people, regardless if it's somebody who's just starting out, you know, they're just fresh out of university or they're just starting out their entrepreneur journey. We all have that in us to be a leader. It's not something you have to attain or achieve or you have to experience. We all are capable of that.
0: Mm -hmm. I am totally agree with you. And we've talked about that before on this show, that you're all leaders. If you signed up to be an entrepreneur, you signed up for leadership. And even if you are an employee and you're working for somebody else, you're leading. If you interact with other people, you have an opportunity and a responsibility to lead by example, even with if you're a parent, right? You're leading by example. So leadership is not just about a title. And I loved what you said, Vari, about being that employer, that boss, who people look back and go, that Was a boss. That was a leader who really made a difference in my life, who really supported me. What a world we would live in if everybody approached leadership that way. And some people are still in progress, though, and that's okay. And so I have a couple more questions for you before we round off this conversation, even though I would love to continue talking with you all day. One of the biggest stressors for entrepreneurs, aside from hiring a team and getting that support, is actually around the question of money. And I think it's so important to talk about money and and demystify it and make it normal that we talk about it. And so we've all had an experience with, as entrepreneurs, having that moment like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay the bills? Where's the next check coming from? Where's that going? How have you handled that journey and and your relationship with money as an entrepreneur? And what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting their business or maybe in it for a while and in the thick of that money mindset struggle?
1: I think the number one most important thing is to charge what you're worth and to stand behind that. Your time is valuable. You've got experience, you've got knowledge, it's worth something and you know, charge what you deserve. The number two thing with regard to money is you know i've been at times where i'm thinking i'm i'm not going to be able to pay the bills this month what i learned was in the good times when the money's rolling in and you've got lots of work put a buffer in the bank account make sure that you've got a month or two maybe even of operational spending uh, so that when those months and they come when the months come when you know things are ticking down you've got money in the bank if that's the case you do not have to worry that's been a huge thing that i've learned uh, over the years And, you know, I think the last thing about money is that this isn't all about money. You know, we talk about success. Like, I think our whole idea in the capitalistic world is, you know, based on more and more and always doing more, making more money. That, to me, is not success at all. Success, to me, is when you're living well, you've got a good life-work balance. I don't think you should be greedy about money. And you also need to put success into perspective for you. You know, I've been successful. You know, we don't have offices all over the country. I don't employ a hundred people, but I'm still very successful and probably mm-hmm. even more successful than people who have built these, you know, massive big organizations who, you know, end up getting divorced because they have never time or they don't even know their kids, those kinds of things. So when you think about money, remember it's not just all about money. There has to be a balance with other things in your life as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for that reminder, Varya of defining success on your terms and what we measure success by. Sometimes we measure by money, and the you know for the longest time it was like six figure business that's the goal. And now have you noticed lately that the the new the new catchphrase is like two hundred and fifty thousand dollar business because six figures isn't enough anymore. And and I'll be honest, one of the first times I met you and you introduced yourself that I have a six figure business, and it was at a, a women's networking thing, and I was like whoa, how did she do that? Because I was literally just starting my business. And so I think it's important to share that we have created those things because it did inspire me. It's like, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. I mean, she's got this magical accent but I'm pretty sure that uh, she doesn't have anything else that I don't have, right? And so we can we can do that. So it's great to hear other people's successes. So I love sharing, and I share all the time. I have a six-figure coaching business, and I've created that through service. And I'm really open to sharing with that. And it's okay to want to create more, but keeping in perspective, what are you giving up? Because we both know people who've got bigger companies and they're not even making a profit because they're just covering their expenses. And so bigger on the outside doesn't necessarily mean it's going well. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not going well. And so you want to be really clear on what your goals are, what your money, money motivators are. And that's part of the possibility to profit business planning system that I use is making sure that it's your goals, not somebody else's. Yeah. So good. Such great reminders. Thank you. I have a final question for you before we get to our rapid fire questions. Success leaves clues. Who did you look to and find a clue that you could follow to build your own success? And what clue would you like to leave behind?
1: I actually feel like what we were just talking about are some of the clues that I would like to leave behind when talking about success. Success is not something that somebody else tells you. Success is what you feel in your heart is the right thing for you. And again, going back to the the, the question of money, you know, success isn't necessarily about having a six-figure business, although it can be, absolutely. Success might be, I'm bringing in enough money that I can work part-time and still be around my kids. Those kinds of things I think are important. I'm inspired by the kind of people who do things on their terms I'll give you an example. My WordPress developer that I worked with for years, she built my first website. She just retired recently. Well, retired. She didn't retire, but, you know, she was finding that she wasn't enjoying the whole, you know, development. And she just hated it. So she gave it all up and became a yoga teacher. And I love that. That kind of thing inspires me. People mm. who have the courage to not stay in the rat race, people who recognize that, you know, this isn't serving me anymore, it's time to do something else. And that that's an extreme example. I'm not suggesting that, you know, people who are listening give up on their business. But, you know, if you're struggling with something, it's time to think about, well, what is it that I can do differently that I would love more, that would make this more enjoyable for me? Mm. And, yeah, that, that kind of thing inspires me a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. So I would sum that up as the clue that Vari is leaving it behind is be willing to course correct because sometimes you might find yourself on a path that you decided this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. What a powerful reminder.
1: And also tune in to your inner feelings. Don't just try to work through things and keep with the pain. Listen to your, your gut feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. So good. Our feelings, our body messages, are information for us about what's going right and what's going wrong. So definitely listen to that. Fari, thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with me today. Before I let you go, I've got some rapid fire questions that are some fun questions for me and for the audience. And so the first one is Star Trek or Star Wars. Why is there a
1: choice when you have to watch both? Okay, (laughs) I like that (laughs) answer. Yeah, there's two two, two different things. Yeah, you Mm. have to have both in your life. Absolutely, I'm a geek. Wonderful. A favourite place to visit? My gut told me to say Scotland.
0: Listen to your which gut. Which
1: is really interesting because I, wanted, I spent the first half of my life desperate to leave Scotland.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, your gut's talking. What's your zodiac sign?
1: Oh, I'm a Virgo. It was my birthday on Monday. Oh, happy
0: birthday. Thank you. The world is a better place with you in it, my friend. Thank
1: you very much. And the same right back at you. Thanks. Scariest thing you ever did? think quitting my job and setting up my business (laughs) Mm -hmm. that slightly behind like giving up everything and moving to a different country that might have been it too
0: (laughs) close second we'll take we'll take both those answers Mm -hmm. so good your non-negotiable self-care ritual I can't choose just one if you had to choose just one you don't have to but if you had to choose just one which one would it be meditation awesome book you were most inspired by like this is your getting on a space shuttle to go to mars and live there and you get to bring one book which one would it be and now because i know Vari's a rebel she's going to sneak a second book in so i'm going to give you two
1: <laughs> that's a really really difficult one i set myself a challenge last year to read a book a week so i read 52 books last year and every year there's a, a book that stands out for me. Maybe that's a better way to approach mm. it. You know, there's been, there's been the, the, the book that has stood out for me this year was a book called Five Little Indians, which was about the kids who went to a residential school here in British Columbia. That humbled me. So I can't say that that would be the book I would take, but books like that that remind me of, and uh, that humble me, I like to read from a business perspective. Again, a book that is still on my shelf, that has always been on my shelf, is E-Myth Revisited, which Mm. is a book about putting together processes I encourage. If I was going off into space, I wouldn't want to take it because I would be wanting to look out the window and look at stars. But (laughs) for entrepreneurs who are starting a new business, E-Myth Revisited is a fantastic book to read and to help you with your processes.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Remember, we're taking these books to Mars to colonize Mars, so you might want to be looking out the window, but somebody else might be wanting to start a business, so that would be really helpful.
1: <laughs> I would never go on a spaceship to colonize Mars because I think we are, we are spending way too much, mm-hmm. and this is a whole other topic, yeah. we're spending too much money on space travel and not enough on our beautiful planet. Agreed, so, I like agreed. It. Desert Island book would mm-hmm. be better for me.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, and that's fantasy. Whatever metaphor works for you. Excellent. If you were a city, who would you
1: be? Vancouver. Best city in the world. I've moved uh, halfway around the world to live here. I chose to live here. I love Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So yes, Vancouver. Wouldn't that be cool? It's such yeah. an awesome place if I was that, yeah. hmm Fun. Something you haven't done yet
0: that is on your dream list.
1: These are all around travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many places in the world that I haven't been to. You know, I haven't been to South America. I, I'm hoping to go to Vietnam later this year. Yeah, travel. There's travel. lots of places. I'd love to just take off and travel.
0: Cool. That's... And in my
1: job, I can because I'm virtual. One of these days, I'm just going to do it. You can be a digital nomad, my friend. You're allowed. Exactly. Yeah,
0: cool. That's right. If you know that I called, when this whole journey started for me for coaching, I called the blog that started the whole thing. I called it the Stellar Life Project. If you were to name your life as a project, what would be your title? Mine is the Stellar Life Project. What is yours? The Magic Journey. Of course you would. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, that is Vari's, that's Vari's magic word. That's the word that uh, she uses all the time. And so uh, I think of magic when I think of you. And we already talked about the success leaves clues. So on that note, this has been a magical time with you today. And I am so delighted that you were able to join us to share your wisdom, your insights, your energy, and just all of you with us and my
1: audience. And thank you so much, Fari. Thanks, Deb. It has been totally magic. I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to do this. I could keep chatting to you for ages, but yeah, thanks for inviting me and in. I wish everybody well, everybody that's listening. I hope you gain something out of this and you can apply it to help you and your business grow.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for listening.
0: I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please rate, review and follow us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm your host, Debra Stellingworth. See you next week on the Stellar Life Project podcast.